as we kick off our SMSU campus update for this Tuesday, March 14th, 2023. Joining me in studio, as per usual, is Bill Molso, VP for Government Relations, Communications, and Marketing. Bill, good morning. Good morning, Josh. How are you doing today? I'm great. Just another Tuesday morning, and I get to listen to you give a forecast that includes that S word again. Yeah, snow. You Stop know, there's a, you know, there's another four letter word for that at this point. Yes. Yeah. We yeah. won't talk about it. Yeah. No, we can't say that one over the air. But uh, boy, it's been it's a, been a pattern. It's we been have a to break. Frustrating winter, and it seems like yeah, we're kind of like in Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. It's just constantly repeating over and over again. Uh, we do have a couple of guests joining us in studio as well. We have Ben Walker, Associate Professor of Communication Studies and the Director of Forensics at SMSU. Ben, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having us. That's good to hear. And we also have Jenna in uh, studio. Jenna Zoig from the SMSU Forensics uh, speech team. You are a Senior History and Secondary Education major from Marshall. Is that correct? Yes, I am. All right. We're going to have to ask you to scoot just a little bit closer to that microphone. You notice that one's different than the other two? Yes, I do. Yeah. That one's... Old school technology on that one. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad to have all three of you guys here uh, in studio. Ben, first of all, let's talk with you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself when you joined the SMSU faculty and how you got involved with forensics? Sure. Um, I uh, started working at SMSU in 2013 and um, been teaching in the communication studies program. Um, and forensics is uh, a, uh, a speech team, speech and debate team. I know that's uh, uh, sometimes a word you think of CSI, CSI forensics, right? Um, but yeah, I've been uh, working here since 2013. And it's been a lot of fun working with the students. And I really, really enjoy uh, working with them, getting them to speak their passion. Yeah, no doubt. And SMSU, they've had a long, successful tradition in forensics. Can you tell us why the speech competition is called forensics? Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, you think of the CSI thing, um, but forensics is actually uh, an uh, ancient uh, a word that Aristotle uh, founded. It was the idea of forensic speaking, um, which meant in search of truth. And so Aristotle, if you thought of like ethos, logos, pathos, um, those types of uh uh, terms, Aristotle uh, would talk about how we would have different types of speaking. One of them was forensic speaking, which was speaking um, in search of truth and which we would have debates and argue about things like in terms of like the law or finding uh, settling disputes between neighbors. And so forensics ended up being kind of built into schools and curriculum. And that's where we are today. Can you tell us about the history of forensics at SMSU? Absolutely. Yeah. We've been here since the start of the semester, start of the semester, start <laughs> of the university. Um, and, um, you know, every year we've got, you know, a wide variety of students. Some years we've had, you know, up to 30 students, you know, competing. Some years we're a little bit smaller. Um, we've had three different uh, directors uh, for the team for the course of our, our history. Um, Bob Ridley was a, um, the director for the longest time and founded the team. Um, he was a communication studies professor. Um, and then Mark Foken, who uh, was uh, was the director for a long time after Bob, um, for 20 plus years. And then um, I took over in 2015. Um, and so we've had, you know, kind of long, uh, long stretches of directors, um, which is really good because a lot of programs don't have that type of stability. Um, but we do fairly well. We're a small program, but overall we do, uh, we can compete against everybody. In intercollegiate speech and debate, there's no Division One, Division Two, like there's in sports. So everybody competes against everybody. But every year we come out and do really well. Um, 
this year, um, we had a state champion. Um, Jenna here uh, was the state champion and in hey, informative speaking. There you speaking. go. Um, and so I think we think we hold up pretty well against other teams. Well, congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, uh, I want to do ask Ben, I mean, you get into forensics. Is, do you like to argue with people? What got you into forensics? <laughs> actually, I don't like arguing. Um, I find argumentation interesting, but I don't like arguing. I'm actually, I'm, I'm avoidant. I don't like arguing. Um, but I do like speaking. I do like being able to share your thoughts and ideas. I remember I got into um, forensics when I was in high school and my high school advisor or homeroom teacher um, saw me and said, Hey, you should, you should join the speech team. You should do this. I said, okay, I guess I'll give it a go. And I just moved to a new town. And so I decided I'll give it a go. And I realized I could stand up in front of a crowd and they had to listen to me. Wow. That's awesome. I could actually like say things and they had to like uh, pay attention to what I had to say. So I loved it. And I fell in love with it. And as soon as I started doing it, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for my job, for my career. I want to help people speak what they want to share. That's awesome. Jenna, same question for you. What got you into forensics? So I have actually been involved in forensics since sixth grade. Oh, my. I've been doing this for a long, long time. Um, I guess originally what got me into it was my sister, Bethany. She's older than me, and she had done it before I did. And she'd come home from tournaments with all these stories like, oh, we had such a great time spending time with friends. I'd see her speeches and I'm like, this is great. This looks awesome. So in sixth grade, when I was able to join, I did. Um, And I just fell in love with it immediately. Um, It's kind of that same thing that Ben was talking about. It's like, um, especially when you're talking about a subject that's really important to you, that resonates with you. there, there's something special about that 10 minutes where when you get up there, it really doesn't matter, um, you know, what the opinions of people in the audience might be. For those next 10 minutes, those 10 minutes are yours. And there's something just really, really special about that to be heard and, you know, to, to have that time to speak. Mm-hmm. And... Did you look at anything outside of forensics or was forensics like your one thing and that's the one thing you focused on? Uh, I did also do marching band when I was in high school. I did some theater as well, but I guess forensic slash speech has kind of been, that's been my main thing. Yeah. And uh, the variety of events for tournaments is very interesting from uh, after dinner speaking to prose interpretation. Can you tell us about the different events, both of you guys? Yeah, so um, there's a ton of different events that you're able to compete in, and they kind of vary from state to state as to what you can compete in. Um, But there's three kind of main categories uh, of those categories of things that you can compete in. So there's things like public address categories, which are kind of what you think of when you think of uh, public speaking. It's I'm standing up in front of here giving you a speech. Um, And so those are things like your persuasion category, which is as it sounds, you're trying to persuade somebody. There's after dinner speaking, which is basically a funny persuasion. You know, you're trying to get a point across or a call to action, but you're entertaining people while you're doing it. Um, And then you have categories that are in interpretation, which are acting categories. So you have prose interpretation. Um, You're taking this piece and you're acting it out for people. You have poetry interpretation, where you're taking different poetry pieces aligned with a certain theme and you're performing them. Um, And then you have limited prep categories, 
um, which are the most terrifying ones to me, and I have never done them because I don't like it. Come on, um, give it a try. Here's your postcard. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, those are the ones where you don't know what you're going to be speaking on before you get to the tournament. Uh, you're given a prompt or a topic, and you're given a certain amount of time to prepare, and you go ahead and speak. So there's, there's a little bit for everybody, right? There absolutely is. There's a common saying in speech that um, there is a category for everyone. How many different categories were you able to compete in with your team this year? Not just uh, you specifically, but you know your, your uh, teammates. Yeah, so I competed in three different categories. I was in after-dinner speaking, uh, informative speaking, and in dramatic interpretation. Uh, we have some people doing prose pieces. We have uh, two that are doing duo. Um, let's see, am I am I getting all of them? Uh, we also have someone doing a poi or a program oral interpretation. Yep. Um, I have trouble remembering all of the categories, yeah, I know, right? though. There's yeah. a lot of them. We've had people try impromptu uh, mm-hmm. speaking. Um, yeah, that might be it. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell me more about the poi? I'm confused about that one. What is that? Yes. So program oral interpretation, that's a very interesting category. So it's one where you are asked to take various different forms of media. So it can be a poetry piece. It can be an excerpt from a book. It can be something from a radio broadcast. It can be a news article. Um, It can be just about anything you want. And you take all these different forms of media Um, aligned with a certain theme or a certain topic. So I did a poi last year, and it was actually on the teacher shortage. So I was comparing uh, the shortage of teachers to um, our recycling system and how it's, you know, a little bit broken. Um, And you perform all these pieces in, like, uh, a way that makes them flow together. It's a complicated category, but it's one where there's a lot of artistic style and various ways in which you can do it. And it's really cool to see the different creative ways that people put things together. Have you ever dabbled with uh, the duos? I have. So I've done a duo uh, in in college speech, uh, but I did one that was really special actually with my sister. Oh, nice. So um, it was my freshman year, her senior year. We looked at it, we went, this is the only year we're going to have together we need to do a duo together in our one year that we're going to be able to compete on the same team. So, yeah, that, that was really special. Um, we did a piece called Kung Fu Hamlet, oh, <laughs> which is just as crazy as it sounds. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty entertaining. Oh, boy. So uh, you were named uh, the Minnesota State Champion in informative speaking. What was your topic? My topic was the COVID tracking project, which was a group of a few hundred volunteers who uh, helped compile and publish data on COVID-19 hospitalizations, cases, deaths. Um, And they did this in place of a national system because we really didn't have one. Um, We have state systems for collecting public health data, but we don't have a unified national one so they kind of stepped in and did that in you know kind of kind of what it was a time of crisis and you mentioned i believe you're in three events correct yes i am which one's your favorite and how do you pretty much choose what to talk about (laughs) so i'd say that informative is probably my favorite category i've been doing it for quite a few years uh since my junior year of high school um and i kind of fell in love with it that very first year that i did it And 
I guess as far as picking cat or excuse me, topics go, it's quite difficult. I've usually been offered, you know, a variety of different topics like, hey, here are some ideas of what to do. And then I'll kind of look over them and read them and be like, OK, you know, this one's really interesting. I think I can do something with this one. That's and part that's... of my job is to pitch ideas to Jenna. Exactly. Yeah. What do you think about this? What do you think about this? This is interesting. I know you're interested in this. Would you be interested? Read this article. What do you think? Yeah, so I, I definitely get a lot of help in picking uh, what my topic's going to be. Um, in the end, I kind of choose a topic based on, okay, um, are people going to find this interesting? Does this relate to something that might be happening currently so that people can draw connections? Like, how is this important? That's usually the question that you have to answer at the end of an informative speech like okay you just told me all about this this thing this topic why does it matter why should i care um and so i always look for ones that kind of have a good resonating answer to that question and ben you kind of touched on it i, I kind of want to know what goes into coaching these folks into preparing for these events we always try to make sure that the students are in charge of their performances. And that's a big thing uh, for our coaching staff is that we want them to be in charge. Our, we're professionals, so I, I know a lot about the activity and speaking, but at the end of the day, they have to be the ones who are driving it. So I might suggest things and say, hey, what about this? What would you think about this? Um, and we have conversations. And over the uh, past four years, Jenna and I had some really good back and forth. I'm like, hey, I think this would be a good idea. And Jenna would say, I actually don't, mm, I'm not so sure. And I have to reassure. It's okay to say no. It's your, it's your speech. I'm, you know, it's okay. I'm just suggesting things. Um, and we've, we've had really good, some really fantastic discussions about, you know, how to approach a certain topics or how to, how to, uh, um, you know, what categories to do. Um, so at the end of the day, what my job is to, is to advise them about what they want, set their, help them set their goals and then help them like work, take those steps towards those goals. Sometimes it can get rocky, but, you know, you keep taking steps forward. Are there any other faculty members or other people outside of the school system that you kind of lean on or talk to to get ideas from? Yeah, well, I'm the I'm the director for the team. And then the assistant director is Julie Walker, um, who is also in the communication studies. Uh, Julie faculty. Walker, is that related to Ben Walker? <laughs> yeah, yes, she happens to be my spouse, yes. <laughs> um well, she, she and I coach the team and then we will bring in um, alumni um, just to help with, you know, scripts and like, hey, what do you think? Like for Jenna's does she does the after dinner speech. Um, and sometimes we go, OK, well, Jenna and I are kind of nerdy. And so we make jokes, but we need different types of jokes. We're not that type of funny. Um, so we'll send it to some alumni and say, hey, could you maybe think of a joke that would go here really well? Like we need some help because um, Jenna and I are both bond over us not being hip um the kids still of, say yeah. hip right yeah i don't know yeah. do they do the kids say that i don't know uh <laughs> good question i think that ended like 20 years ago i don't yeah, know i don't know it's i think the we're all in the same boat for outside help right yeah. bill you're cool did the kids still say hip i'd have to defer to the kids on that one <laughs> right. i don't think so yeah. um, probably not hey jenna you were also named to the minnesota all-state team which is an honor given to students with uh demonstrated excellence in competition Scholarship, leadership, and service, what does this award mean to you? Yeah, so like you said, it, it touches on multiple different aspects of your uh, competitive but also uh, academic life. So it measures competitive success, it measures leadership success, it measures 
uh, academic success. And so I think it really is just an award to say, you know, over the past few years, you know, I'm a senior now, there's been a lot of changes, there's been a lot of growth. And I think it's an award that just recognizes that um, throughout the challenges that come with uh, competing in forensics and um, trying to do well in school, um, you've gone through all those different challenges and those different experiences and you've come out, you know, whistling. And it's just, it's an honor to, uh, you know, receive that, be recognized for something like that. It's, it's very, very special. There were seven people awarded that uh, honor this year, and Jenna was one of them. So was this honor on your radar, or was it a complete shock when you were named? So uh, we did have to submit an application for it. Um, I didn't totally realize it was a thing, though, until like a day before I was supposed to submit the application. So. Yeah, that sounds like a college student. <laughs> yeah, about... <laughs> That's about how it went. I had to remind him, like, hey, well, we should do this, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. we should, yeah. You're definitely deserving. I want to nominate you. <laughs> so how long did it take from last second application to being named? Uh, was it about, was it was it not even a week? It was like about a week, yeah. Okay. we had to get it in about a week before the, the announcement, and then the, the state committee looked it over, yeah. See, it was an yeah. easy decision to make. Yours was the last one on the top of the pile, so they're like, <laughs> yeah, we'll go with her. There we go. That's what I think. That's what I like to think. Oh, boy. What that's is how you a... play the lottery, right? Exactly. Buy the last ticket. Buy the last ticket. Yeah. I think that's how it's right that works. Right on top and they've drawn it. <laughs> uh, Jenna, what has participating in forensics meant for you as a student? It's it, It's been a learning experience throughout. Like I said, I've been doing this activity for a long time. And there's a lot of different benefits that come from being in this activity. Like, I have noticed that my ability to um, just uh, speak at all (laughs) uh, in front of other people, even if I don't totally know what I'm going to be saying next, uh, has improved dramatically. Like, I'm still not going to be doing a limited prep category. Sorry, Ben. Come on. um, Just the amount of confidence it gives you to just be able to, like... um, uh, talk in class, you know, be able to say, you know, I, I actually think this on this topic um, and, you know, not be nervous like, oh, am I going to sound dumb about it? Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot that goes into being able to have that kind of confidence in the first place. And speech definitely teaches that. Um, yeah. Yeah. If I was nervous about feeling dumb about something, I'd say. I would not be sitting in this chair right now. I mean, right? say something dumb just about once every 15 minutes here on the Airwaves of Marshall <laughs> Radio. Uh, can you tell us uh, what's the biggest thing you've learned about uh, uh, when you're involved in forensics? Taking constructive criticism, 100%. Um, so when you're in a round and your judge um, is there in the room with you, they're, they're taking notes on your speech and they're saying, Oh, I really like this thing. Oh, I don't really like this thing. You should really change this part. It doesn't really flow well with your speech. Um, and so sometimes their comments are nice. Sometimes their comments are kind of harsh. And the thing is this, every speech that a person puts out is something that they have spent a lot of time preparing and working on. They probably have an emotional connection to their piece. Maybe, um, and so if you're getting comments on it where people say, hey, I don't really like this. This isn't a good speech. That can really hurt. 
but being able to take that not as a personal attack or anything like that um, and just say, okay, I need to make a couple of changes here um, and do this and then I'll have a little bit more uh, competitive success with it. Being able to take that constructive criticism is a wonderful skill to be able to have just in general life and forensics slash speech was a great way to learn that. I think that's one of the biggest things we try to teach our students, particularly on our team, is to make make the choices that they that they feel are most important for their goals and then be okay with the outcomes of those choices. So sometimes perhaps at a competition you may not get the competitive result that you want, but you're happy with the performance that you gave because you were making specific choices. Um, it's just informed understanding you know how how feedback works and how communication works is really the biggest thing that i hope our students take away i'm assuming marcy wrote this question right here in front of me you know how i mentioned how i sound dumb every 15 <laughs> minutes or so all right she's, i'm going to try and pronounce this give it a go tell us about the upcoming asynchronous tournament is that right? Asynchronous. 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 Come on. What the heck? Come on, Marcy. And the National Forensic Association Championships. Um, first of all, how many students are going to nationals? How do they qualify? And how do they prepare? Do you want to handle this? Do you one? want to know what asynchronous is first? Please. Please. <laughs> ben, you're teaching asynchronous. Asynchronous, asynchronous just means that it's um, something that's not happening immediately in the moment. So like an asynchronous class would be an online class that's done you know, at their own, on their own time. Great. I learned something today. Thanks, guys. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Jenna, you want to do that? Yeah. How, sure. many, how many students go to nationals? Um, how do they qualify and how do they prepare? Yeah. So going to nationals, we have three team members who are going. Uh, myself, Nito, and Lexi. Um, they're both actually competing in a duo together. And then Nito is also bringing her pros, right? Poi. Her poi. Never mind. Sorry. That's okay. But I just like hearing the word poi. Poi. It's just kind of a fun word, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but so we have three team members who are going. You might have to help me out a little bit yeah. uh, with how they qualify because it's a little bit complicated. So as you're going through tournaments, um, you have to place at a certain rank. Um, so what is it? You need to place at least twice and the sum of where you place Oh, no, no, I'm getting it wrong. Sorry. No, it's okay. Jenna, Jenna has qualified for multiple different types of national tournaments. So she she's just so good. She doesn't have to remember it. Um, so she's like, oh, I just do well all the time. Um, <laughs> and we've explained multiple qualification procedures. So she's like, um, what do I do? Um, to they get qualify, confusing. They do. They do. Um, the, to go to the nationals, um, the tournament that we're going to, you have to go get into a final round. That's it. That's it. Get to a final round, which is a hard thing to do because a lot of the students who compete in college speech are all the people who are the best at high school, right? And so they come and they're like, "Oh, no problem." They show up. I'm like, "No, you have to work at it, and it takes it takes work and effort to get there." Um, so just to be able to final, then you have to get that. So there's like a just a, a qualification procedure. Just get to that final round. And if you're uncertain, think of a speech tournament like uh, a track meet. You have preliminary rounds in which you compete against other people. And then if you do well in that preliminary round, you go to the final round. So if I ran the 100-meter dash and I won my, prelim, my prelim, then I would go to the final race of the 100-meter dash. Um, same type of thing. Makes sense. Yeah. What about the trickier ones? Because that one seemed pretty easy. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> you mentioned that you have to come in second and yeah. then plus or minus the sum. Yeah, that divided one is complicated. There's another one which you have to final uh, twice, and then the sum of your rankings have to equal five or less. So it's it's a more uh, uh, complicated pr- procedure for that national tournament. But you have to like take second and take third or something like that. Or first and fourth. First You're, and fourth. Math. Yeah. Math, yeah. right? Uh, Comes in handy. You only need one hand. One. Yep. If you need two, you don't qualify. Gotcha. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but so. the, as- the asynchronous one that we're going to is, obviously, we're not going. It's it's a it's a video speech. So we, re- we record them, and then we send them in. Um, and so we have all the team members doing that, um, just as a way to, to get that. So even if they maybe didn't qualify to, to go to, to our travel one, which is going to be in Illinois in April yeah. at Bradley University, um, this uh, asynchronous one is you still get to showcase your work to a national uh, audience and people from all over the country come in and come in and judge online, you know. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Illinois because I did want to know how often do you leave the state? Where do you go? And yeah, we want to tell them where, where have we been this season? I mean, we kind of split. We're yeah. still transitioning back from COVID era. So we're, yeah. you know, like yeah. half we're solely getting back into full tournament swings, like yeah. traveling. So we have participated like just in the state of Minnesota, but we've also gone to Nebraska. We've got we actually been to Bradley already this this season, but we're going to be going back for that national tournament. Um, South Dakota, South Dakota. Yes, we went to the Brookings yep. tournament. Um, yeah, I think. Those those are the main three states we've traveled to. Right? Wisconsin, you know, Wisconsin. Oh yes, we were just you at Eau Claire. Yeah, we were just at Eau Claire. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, we typically- do we host a collegiate tournament? Uh, some years, yeah. but not all. No. We do also. You help with a uh, host a high school. Yeah, tournament. yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the past, we've hosted you know a variety of high school. We host the high school tournament are here, and then we help host. We in the past we have hosted the speech spectacular that with the high school. Um, that's kind of transitioning and doing some things now. And we've hosted a workshop with high schoolers, high school students, um, to help them get them ready for the season. We help host the section tournament for getting the students at high school level to qualify for their state tournament. So yeah, we do plenty of hosting too. This is all very interesting stuff because I grew up with a speech teacher for a parent. <laughs> so yeah. When you mention the uh, criticism, whenever you bring homework home or something, yeah. not only does the teacher criticize it, but so does your speech teacher of a parent so you get a, a double <laughs> dose of criticism there um let's see uh, tell a, them who that parent is uh, do you guys know a name uh, jennifer goldblush <laughs> yes <laughs> yep so a question for you both students from all majors uh participate in forensics what impacts uh what impact can that participation have on students as they go through college and prepare for their careers um yeah, like I kind of mentioned earlier, uh, confidence, I believe. Um, so I've seen a lot of um, students who are doing this activity for the very first time. They go to their very first tournament and they're incredibly nervous to speak. It's something brand new to them. Um, and I always tell them they don't always believe me. Actually, they never believe me. But I tell them once you get that first round out of the way, I promise a lot of that fear will just melt away because it will be done. You will have done it. You will realize it is not as scary as you thought it was. They never believe me, but it's true. They, they calm down after the first round. Um, but by the end of the day, um, having had that experience and having gone to a tournament where everything you say is being judged, literally, um, it's an incredible confidence boost to be able to say, okay, I did that. And it 
didn't suck (laughs) (laughs) to be able to go in, do that, even though maybe you weren't entirely confident on what you were going to say, but have gotten up and done it anyways. It's an incredible confidence boost, and it makes things after that point a lot easier. I think an activity like forensics is I always find it obviously it's I'm you know this is my career so I'm I'm dedicated to it but I find now more than ever I find it's like so important to be able to to do and I'm what my work is I, I find it so valuable because uh, we we see more and more nowadays particularly with young people kind of not wanting to get out not wanting to explore not wanting to put themselves out there um they uh, tend to live in more you know a kind of a virtual world sometimes I'm like hey you need to put yourself out there you need to you need to interact with people um, and this is one of those things that helps them tra- train, but like, Hey, it's okay. It's scary, but Hey, you did it. You're fine. You're going to be fine. Yeah. It's going to be okay. You mentioned the best high school speech members move on to college and join speech. And then of course the best college speech members make it to nationals. Can you still join the speech team in college if you didn't take it in high school? Absolutely. 100%. I wouldn't say that it is fully newbie friendly because there is a lot to learn. I mean, well, heck, even coming from high school to college speech was a learning curve. Like I came in my freshman year thinking, oh, yeah, I already know everything. I know how this goes. Nope, not quite. There are some subtle changes that make this a slightly different animal from high school speech. But you can still come in. You can still learn how to do this and you can still have a lot of competitive success. Um, one of our teammates who's going to nationals, Nito, is a great example of that. She did not do high school speech and she is rocking it out. She is doing great. She qualified for nationals. So it's it's absolutely something that you can do, even if you have absolutely no experience. Very good. Anything else you guys would like to share? I just realized we've been talking for 30 minutes. So anything else? (laughs) What happens when you get a bunch of speech members yeah, on the great. radio? I could talk know? all day just long. Like I'm just trying to make, pace, pace myself. Hey, give everyone a chance to talk. You know, sometimes we get guests it's like pulling teeth, getting them to talk for more than 10 seconds. Well, we knew that wasn't going to be the case Not today. Not the case today, that's for sure. <laughs> so uh, I think that'll probably just about wrap it up. I do appreciate the conversation uh, this morning. Uh, Jen Zoig and Ben Walker, thanks again for the uh, the talk. And Thank you, Josh. Good luck at Nationals. Or did when's Nationals once again? Can you tell us? Nationals is the middle of April. Okay. Like... April 13th-ish? I, yes. That's Sounds my birthday. About right. Sounds it's about birthday, right. <laughs> so, well, hopefully you win on my birthday if it is on that day. Uh, once again, thank you guys uh, for joining us. That was subtle, Josh. That <laughs> yeah. was subtle. Yeah. Get me a birthday I, I present. I want to catch that April 13th. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just trying to let you guys know, you know, just in case you were wondering. Thank uh, you so much for having us. Yeah, for sure. As we uh, do have Bill also, you got some events coming up. A couple what do you things coming up. Yeah. So uh, tomorrow is supposed to be the Women's Leadership Conference. They have made the decision to postpone that, uh, not knowing what the weather was going to do. And so that's been postponed till the fall now. So if you were registered for that, uh, those registrations will hold over and there will be communication with you. But that will now be October 25th uh, this fall. So uh, if you were planning on that tomorrow, unfortunately, that has been postponed. Uh, starting Monday, all of our Gold College uh, classes start. start. Um, so be sure to check out smsualumni.com for that full listing of sessions. There's a great variety of programs there. And then coming up on the 27th and 28th, we'll have our guest artist, Tom Bones Malone, the founding member of the Blues Brothers, will be here uh, hosting a couple of different concerts. 
uh, with the SMSU Jazz Ensemble. They'll be in Worthington in concert on March 27th, and then back here in Marshall on March 28th. And then one other thing to get on your calendars, the theater will be presenting that family-friendly oh family <laughs> performance of The Enchanted Bookshop, and that's April 1st and 2nd in the Fine Arts Theater. Bill Molso, appreciate the uh, update here this morning. Thank you, Josh.